Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to Off The Bench NRL with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. All the big news and views from a big week in footy. Yes, hello. Welcome to it. It's uh, Off The Bench Origin Week edition. Post-Origin. That sounds so miserable. Oh, mate. Just when I thought the girls had win on Thursday night, they lost. Yep. For the Blues. When it rains, it pours. It's been a clean sweep for the Maroons uh, so far, winning the men's origin and the women's origin at Combank Stadium in front of 12,000 people. We'll talk about that in just a moment. It is a miserable week to be a New South Welshman living in Queensland. You've still got another chance, Jason. <laughs> That's the problem. New South Wales, when they lose, it's doom and gloom and the world is coming. Well, what was that crap crash. stat you gave me the other day? It was like... 70% of the time. 76% pe- of yeah, teams who win Origin 1 yeah. win the series. Yeah, there you go. Mm. There you go. Yeah, but Queensland, if they lose Game 1, they go, you know what, we're going to rip in Game 2. Yeah, we've that's already given fan- up. That's what fans say. Well, New South Wales fans all yeah. of a sudden go, oh, that's it. We're done. You know why? Freddie needs to be sacked. Something get you- rid of Cleary into Tedesco. No, no, no. I'm not oh. saying get rid of Cleary into Tedesco. Not at all. Uh, I, I'm, the jury's still out about Freddie, but... What tells what concerns me is what you said on Sports Day Thursday night that there was about a thousand people in the Blues change room afterwards. They were getting selfies and taking photos and smiling and laughing. You just lost game one of State of Origin. Where's the hurt? And that's the thing. And I'm starting to believe it. Well, I think Origin means more to Queensland than it does to New South Wales. Correct me if I'm right. I'll throw something at you. Tell me what you think about this. Okay. And of course. Coming from a Queensland fan, it it makes more sense, but doesn't mean I'm right. To wear the Queensland jersey is it a, is it is a privilege. For the New South Wales jersey, it's the pressure. And a friend said that to me last night, Tony Pulitua, who's a Samoan decent, so he's got no allegiance to any side. He said, "Yeah, the way I look at it, he said it's a privilege to wear the Queensland jersey, where it's it's pressure to wear the New South Wales one." I said, you know what, that's, that's, that's pretty profound. And I've got, I've got to say, yep. at, at some stages, not always, because New South Wales have been dominant over the years as well. Yeah, they've won, what, three of the last five series. So, but it's when you get into those situations when you're up by two points, there's 10 minutes remaining, Queensland have got 12 players, and you've got so much possession, so much field position that you probably should have won the game by 14 or 16 points. Mm-hmm. But they put they put a, a a break on everything they did instead of really rubbing salt into the wound. Whereas Queensland mm. thought, you know what, we're going to play play by play. We're going to get back into this game, and it's going to be death by a thousand cuts. Yeah, I I, I don't know, Sats. I, I just yeah, one team wanted it more. And you saw that in the last ten minutes on the, on Wednesday. I think night. every team wants it the same. One it's team just, wanted it more. It's just how. You execute things. Yeah. So Queensland react to situations quicker than what New South Wales did the other night. 
stuff happens on the field, right? You, yep. Sometimes you can't control it. And we've talked to players that say that once once things are going against you, a team gets on a roll, it just happens. And I get that. A result's a result. But it's the aftermath that I find really disappointing. I don't expect them to be there punching holes in the wall or whatever. But So you're saying the optics of it just don't look it good. It doesn't look good. Yeah, so Queensland, for more reports, I was talking to uh, Brent Tate. Brent Tate was down the Queensland sheds after the game and he said everyone was excited of course he said but players are actually saying Reuben Cotter actually said I'm really disappointed I, I missed a bad tackle he got me in the match yeah and other players were saying we trained so well I just didn't think we played how we trained so and they disappointing. Didn't. and then I saw scenes in the New South Wales sheds and there was a lot of sponsors a lot of family a lot of fans in there now, players getting photos with Sponsors, fans, family, and the optics don't look good. It doesn't mean they're not hurting. Of course they're hurting, but it's just the optics. It, it doesn't look great. It says to me, as a fan, it doesn't mean as much as it does to Queensland. That's what it says. Well, now it just comes down to how do you react. Mm. Uh, you go to Bali and you're not here for game two. <laughs> you know what really oh, annoys what me doing, as well? You? Yeah. yeah. You know what annoys me even more? Again, Queenslanders, God love you and your tooth. Um, I, I just, what the happens is when they win, they're still cranky about it and they're whinging about the win. And when they lose, it's doubly bad. Mm. Can't you just take your win and just bugger off? Do you have to keep throwing it at us? So on the on the text, the keg from Yamina Beach says, I was watching pre-Origin show Wednesday night and they were talking to Cherry Evans on the Queensland bus. The Queenslanders were so quiet and focused you could hear the blinkers of the bus. They showed the New South Wales team getting off the bus and Luai got off with a boombox playing. Surely this has got to be distraction for other players trying to focus. It was a terrible look. Leave the boombox in Penrith. Again, what did I say Thursday night? I think the influence of Penrith on this side is too great. Yeah, but there's also been arguments, Jace, over the years where there's been a lot of Melbourne players and Broncos players in... But they don't carry on like that. ...in a that. Queensland team. They don't... And this... And again, the, I don't, I've never seen the Melbourne players playing for Queensland or Broncos players getting off the bus with a boombox thinking, thinking they're gangsters. You were saying to me, Jace, which I found really interesting, that from a New South Wales fan, you feel as though there's... A Penrith team internally, and then there's the others. There's the others. As opposed to Absolutely, unity. I do. Okay, it's an interesting point, uh, But not actually. only I unity. I looked at it that way. Not only unity, in general play. Mm. It's all the Penrith combinations. And, and You would think that would work, being a, a really good, successful club. I just, I think we've got to look at, instead of just trying to put players around for what we think would make Cleary feel comfortable, we've just got to put the best players right now in those spots. Mm. And that's what Queensland did. Then worry about combinations. Um, and if they're good enough, you'll create that combination over time, like DC and Munster. Mm. You know, Cleary can play with others. He's played with Munster at Australian level. He he's not a he's not a crap footballer. Yeah. He can work out combinations. I just think my view is it probably just makes them too comfortable, i.e., the boombox coming off the bus, because that's how they prepare in Penrith. Who says Cam Murray likes that? Mm. Who says Teddy likes that? Like, it's not Penrith's state of origin. And got, I think that's something that they've got to look at. On the flip side, you've got to have a gunslinger in your side, a guy that doesn't play by the rules. And when the game was in the grass yep. of New South Wales, Cam Munster went, okay, 
I'm going to stand up here. We've got 12 players. I'm, I'm going to play. I'm going to be two men here. Yep. So the, the way that he injected himself in the last 10 minutes was amazing. Unbelievable it was. Yeah. Um, well, well done to Queensland. Well done to them. Uh, in front of 48,000 uh, or 48,500 fans at the Adelaide Open. Well done to Adelaide for turning up for that. That's a near sellout. And I'll tell you what, watching it on TV this morning, I watched a replay of it because mm-hmm. I didn't really get to see it on Wednesday night. I, I just, well, I saw most of it, but... I couldn't hear the crowd. Jeez, it was loud. You were there. Yeah. And they were right into it. Yeah, it was good. The, the acoustics in Adelaide Oval are really, really good. Um, I'm positive a third of the crowd, like I said last week when I went there in 2020, didn't actually have a clue what they were watching. No. It was just an event. Yeah. But some AFL people went. A lot of people travelled across to, to Adelaide. Yep. Uh, which was outstanding. but um, And the pubs in the streets were just spilling with maroons and blue supporters with scarves and beanies, whatever it may be. It was outstanding. Outstanding. And, you know, even though we, we don't – I'm not a huge fan of taking these massive games on our calendar to places where we don't have a future. Like, we're not going to have another team out of Adelaide in the next 10 years. So – and we don't have a strong junior base there as well, so I don't understand why we take a game there. I can understand why we take a game it's to money. Melbourne because we've got the Melbourne Storm. Yeah. And they've been so successful. Um, and we may get a team in Perth in the near future, so I can understand why we possibly take them there. Yeah. But Adelaide, I don't. But all in all, it was – I've got some frequent fly points. And <laughs> yeah, but Matt, the thing is, though, it's about, it's about getting some money in the coffers. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I've got no issue it, with that. The NRL really, they don't, it wasn't a sellout. There was 3,000 short. And I don't think the NRL really care whether it's a sellout because they have. They've got money on the bottom line from the government and that's what's important to a business. Um, the other thing too, and they would have made money out of it as well, out of 48,000 bums mm. uh, on seats at the Adelaide Oval, they would have made some pretty good coin hey, out of that. As I was walking to Adelaide Oval, there was just a guy on the side of the street yeah. and he had, I reckon he had 100 Queensland scarves and a hundred blues. Oh, he's selling them. And just these really cheap blues and maroon shirts. Yeah. And he's got, as you're walking past, he didn't have any signs up. <laughs> he walked past, he goes, scarves, shirts, $15. <laughs> I reckon he would have sold out. That's good. Yeah. I reckon he would have sold out. He's made some good cash, that guy. Uh, how's that? You're saying they weren't NRL trademarks? No, <laughs> they weren't trademarked at all. Hey, uh, just, on, um, just on that, uh, where, where is the game next year? Where's the neutral location? Is it Perth? Are we going back to Perth next year? We'll find out anyway. Hey, um, for Reem, let's start our running hot segment. What about the Queensland women? Oh, yeah. Last, uh, on Great game. Friday night. Really Thursday good game. Night. MCG. Yeah, there you go. So it's, oh, it's going to Melbourne. Right, going okay. back to Melbourne, yep. 18-10 they won in front of uh, 12,500 fans at Combank Stadium. Maroons winger... Julia Robinson, I spoke to about her uh, on Thursday night. I, did, love this, yeah. I love this lady. She scored a double. Um, New South Wales captain Isabel Kelly, unfortunately, went to hospital after copying a forearm to throw. It looked, looked horrible. Yeah, it's, it's the Darren Lockyer, Greg Bird. So she's going to start talking like those guys now. She'll sound like Lockie. Yeah. Yeah. And Jason Demetrio. And so, yeah, it was a bad one. She was coughing up blood. They took yeah, her to hospital. She's the captain of the Blues. She's a tremendous player. Has been a real pioneer in this this new era of of women's rugby league. Uh, I, th- I thought twelve and a half thousand was disappointing for a crowd at Combank Stadium. I know it's Thursday night. I know it's difficult, um, but I thought it was disappointing to be honest. I'd I'd love to see the second game, which is in 
the Thursday, the day after game two. In Townsville. It's in Townsville, which I'm expecting to have a bigger crowd there. 12,500 is the biggest crowd they've ever had. I would love to see the second game at Suncorp as a doubleheader. But if we had a said five years ago, we're going to have a standalone state of origin game between oh, yeah. the Blues women and the Maroons women. We're going to get 12,500 on a Thursday night, as you say. Like mm. that's, that's better than an NRL crowd on a Thursday night in Sydney. Mm. Um, you'd be pretty happy with that. Yeah, absolutely. It was, and on to, it was a great game. It was a really, really good game. Now, Queenslanders, they were the – they were the underdogs. I think they were paying like $3 something for some of the bookies. So, yeah, it was a great win. Ali Brigginshaw playing in the lock position. She was outstanding. Uh, Julia Robinson uh, was was amazing. Julia Robinson, you've got to remember last year, she was subjected to some vile abuse on social media. Was, she took a photo of herself doing or someone took a photo of her doing a gym session. And she's, she's very well defined and really athletic looking. And there were people just carving her up saying you look like a man it's disgusting how you look she's a really fit fit lady and a really good rugby league player and a really good person Mm. and has got her head screwed on right i mentioned this on thursday night she's in the defense force so she has a full-time job which allows her to play professional sport good on you julia i'm glad you had a good game yeah she was outstanding pity you haven't got a blues jumper on but uh we can talk about that another time can't we no because well no she's from brisbane that's not part of the new south wales area is it like you've done it to us but hang on a sec. Isn't Steve Rogers, <laughs> who played in the first origin, yeah. under the rules, should have played yeah. for Queensland. They weren't the rules back then, though, were they? Yeah, they were. Well, Matt Rogers played for Queensland because he holidayed on the Gold Coast. More than anywhere else. He was boarded in Caring Bar. If it meant where you spent your holidays, <laughs> you're eleg- eligible, I'd yeah. be playing for the South Island of New Zealand. I'd be playing for the Barley bruises. <laughs> so, the barley uh, bin tank. That's it. Yeah, that'll do. Uh, now, let's, uh, that's our Ream uh, running hot segment. Well done to the Queensland ladies. Hey, Ream, manufacturing had... in Australia for over 80 years. Thank you very much, Ream. Um, now, we had, who did we have during the week? Oh, we had Choppy Close, didn't we? Yeah, he's coming up on, on the show. It was a, a great chat. Uh, for the listeners that didn't hear that, and, I, and it is pre-origin, but we really spoke to Choppy about his origin experiences, and he tells this story about sitting next to Arthur Beetson and watching him prepare no. for Origin 1. It's, it's goosebump material. That's coming up soon. Uh, in NRL news from the rest of the week, Jason Riles rejected that four-year $3.2 million deal as head coach of the Dragons. Um, he's accepting a role at the Storm starting in 2024's Pathways and Development Coach. Is that where you park him before he becomes head coach? Do you think Sats of yep. the Storm? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, I was talking to one of the Melbourne players who played Origin on Wednesday night at the airport on Thursday, and I said, I said, what's Rollsy like as a coach? Because they had him as an assistant coach. He's outstanding. They said he's outstanding. He's a really smart coach, but he's a really good guy with it, which is really important as a coach that players can connect yeah. with you off the field. And that's why they love Bellamy so much. What we see in the box is not what you get off the field. He cares and loves his players so much. He's really approachable. He has a joke with his players. But when you're on the field, you've got to train. So, uh, yeah, they really like Riles, and they would have spoken to some of those senior players about their relationship with Riles. So it makes sense that he'll go down there. Now, there are a lot of people saying that Jason Riles has strung the Dragons along. How dare he? Now, what you do is you it's like a play. You go and listen to whatever club wants your services and what the – contingency plans are and what the pathway looks like for you as a coach and you make a decision. So he has done no difference. So I'm led to believe there were some 
discussions he had with with some of the upper management, executive management of the Dragons about some of the things that he would like to implement at the club, they didn't see eye to eye. So there's no use there's no use going to a club where you're starting behind the eight ball straight away. So smart like decision. That. Smart I like, decision. I like that. And I also heard Melbourne came in at the last minute and and offered him a role. Um, I, I like the fact that as a, a person who's going to be a rookie coach, he's going to stand by what he wants. Mm. I think he also wanted five years as well, Sats, uh, so they're only willing to offer four. Good on you, Jason Rolls. But I just got to say, again, how disappointing the Dragons are that they hook, hook, still don't have plan B ready to go, publicly said that. If I was a Dragons member, I'd be demanding answers. Well, they, well, they are. The, the, a lot of the Dragons members and fans, are they're really disappointed at the moment in relation to making it a, such a big decision like they did on Griffin, whether it's right or wrong. Yep, that's their, that's their prerogative. And not having a plan in place. Yep. And to listen to Ryan Webb, the CEO, words to the effect of, we haven't really set a criteria of what coach we're looking for. is really concerning. It's really concerning. Yep. So you've got to stand up as a club and you've got to start making some really tough decisions for what you want to stand for as a club in four, five, six, eight, ten years' time. Yeah. And not just live this this haphazard life mm. around not sure what decision I want to make. Yeah. Crazy. Be, Crazy stuff. Be direct with what you want and go and chase it. This is Off the Bench. Back in a moment, we'll look at State of Origin number one. More Off the Bench NRL soon. Subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a moment. Search Off the Bench NRL on iTunes or Spotify. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Uh, I hope you're enjoying it. I'm not uh, because we're talking too much about State of Origin do the Blues have to change anything out of game number one, Satsy? Uh, well, yeah, there's got to be some changes. And New South Wales fans have got to remember, you came from 10-0 down to be leading by two points with 10 minutes to go. Yes, had a lot of possession, a lot of field position, should have converted that into more points. And I thought the Tyson Frizzell try was a try. No try was a try. I thought the Appy Coruscant try was a no try. So I think it evens itself out. But New South Wales weren't that far away. You've got to remember that. And I don't think there'll be a lot of changes. Latrell Mitchell will naturally come in if his calf is okay. I thought Stephen Crichton wasn't too bad, to be, to be quite honest. But I wouldn't make too many changes. Uh, I don't think Tavita Pengai Jr. will be picked. But the worst thing you can do is panic. And Well, Junior Borlo has to be the starting front row yeah. with Payne Haas. I would, I'd, I'd be surprised if Daniel Saifidi doesn't come in, um, who's performed well at origin level when he's played. So I don't think there's going to be a lot of changes. What they'll do, Greg Alexander, Brad Fittler, Danny Badiris and co, they'll sit down and have a little tiny effort areas. And what I mean is some effort areas that Queensland came up with is Murray Tuolungi and Selwyn Cobo making desperate tackles to save tries. And uh, Ben Hunt, Jumping on a loose ball right on half time when he smashes Nathan Cleary. Uh, Ruben Cotter jumping on a loose ball when Tavita Pengai yeah. Jr. tries an offload. Those little effort areas, 
They'll look at the players that aren't coming up with those extra effort areas and they'll make a decision on them. Bad news for the Maroons. Tom Gilbert will miss uh, Origin too. He's got that um, so they, dislocated shot. Well, mate, you'd expect he's going to be out yeah. for at least a month. Yep. Maybe two. Yeah. So, um, so it, it looks like he will be. So what do they do there? They th- either throw Felice Kafusi in there, who will be back, back from, from suspension. suspension. Jesus. Or they throw Kate, Kurt Capewell in there because when Cobo and Tawalungi left the field the other day, being there live, I was looking down the sideline. It was frantic, trying to put people in positions. They got people making those decisions on the sideline in the coaching staff of Queensland that aren't there week to week on the NRL. So Hence the 14 players. Yeah, so it was really frantic. So does that force them to pick Cape well so that at least they've got a player that can play on the outside backs? I think they'll go Kafusi. I think they'll go Animal. They'll get... Animal uh, over order. Yeah. They'll have a player <laughs> that's, that's going to have Cleary and Luai looking through the corner oh, of their eye. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And he's good for another suspension this year at yeah, least. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, uh, and you're right, I've got a sick feeling in my stomach that Tavita Pangai Jr. will be there for the next game. I don't reckon Freddie will make many changes. Only the ones that he has to make. Yep. Whether Tommy Turbo doesn't turn up for game two. Uh, and Latrell, if fit, straight back into the side. Mm. I think they'll be the changes. So, I don't know. What do you think? 0457 736 736. One of the Queensland's legends of origin, Chris Choppy Close, a real larrikin. Uh, his interview up next here on Off the Bench. I was nearly going to say Sports Day. <laughs> More Off the Bench NRL soon. Subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a moment. Search Off the Bench NRL on iTunes or Spotify. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. Can't wait for your cancer? You don't have to. In stock now. See your Fuso dealer today. Meninga close. Close cutting back the other way. Catches the fence on the wrong foot. He's broken through. He's coming up to Edie. Gets away from Edie. He's over underneath. Chris Close, great piece of work. That could be the one to break the news. Oh, great memories from back in 1980, the inaugural State of Origin, which was only played one game. One game. Just to see whether it would work or not. Your dad, your famous Mm. dad, played in that game as well, didn't he, Rat? 14 Origins for Queensland, three tests for Australia, and also one of the great managers in State of Origin history as well. Chris Tuffer, Choppy Close, joins us on Sports Day. How are you, Chop? Hey, Chop. Hey boys, how are you? Very well, thank you. Yeah. Before we get into Origin chat, how's how's life for Chris Close at the moment? You going well, Chop? Yeah, look, everything's good, mate. Um, you know, working hard uh, for a living and um, relaxing at Harvey Bay when I'm at home and uh, everything's going really well, mate. Mate, surely there's a few junkets coming up around Origin time for one Choppy Close. I'm like old my Auntie Mary, mate. You know, they roll me out every origin in the wheelchair and <laughs> parade me around, whiz me around a little bit, and then they put me back away again for the rest of the year. So I've got a few little things happening, yeah, mate, around this time of the year. and It's lovely, though. It's lovely to be included and remembered. Yeah, it's always exciting. Always an exciting remember. time of the year. Also a, an anxious time of year, Chop. Now, when the teams are announced each year, and, of course, you're not involved in the team as a manager anymore, but when the teams are announced... Do you just take it in your stride, or do you, or do you get emotional about selections that Queensland make? Oh or no, you... I, I uh, yeah, no, I, I'm, I think I'm an expert, same as everybody <laughs> else. You know, I want I want my team to be playing, and uh, and I, I, you know, I'm pretty adamant about that. But I understand that I don't have any say in it. 
and usually uh, you can see where you know the selectors or the coach have, have made the decision for the right reasons. So you know, I'm always happy with the team. I, I, you know, it wouldn't matter which team they picked. I'm going to be right behind them. But I think this year they've picked an outstanding team. Now Latrell announces uh, as of yesterday he's going to be out till early this morning. He's going to be out from Origin One. Now, when you were playing chop, if Brett Kenny, for example, was was announced that he's going to be out two days before the game injured. Would it have changed the mindset of the team or you would have thought, I don't care? No, I don't think it would, mate. And, you know, I'm just thinking about these young men at the moment. I don't think it's going to change their mindset either. I don't know where you guys feel about that, but I would think that they're uh, they're getting ready to prepare. And I think that Billy's done a fantastic job as a coach already in such a short time. And I don't think that he would have any um, anything to say about that much at all. I mean, it may change the game plan marginally, but at the end of the day, they take, you know, Luttrell out and bring Steve Crichton in. There's not, you know what? There's not a big difference there. They're both bloody good players. So you you can't allow yourself the luxury of thinking, well, they've got somebody out. Uh, It's not like they're scraping the bottom of the barrel to find players to fill those spots. So it's always going to be that way. And, uh, you know, I don't think this year's any different. Yeah, Chop, I I want you to take us back to that night in 1980 when Origin was born. Now, there's talk that, you know, New South Wales didn't didn't understand how, you know, what this meant and, you know, the, the, the passion that Queensland came out with that night just, just blew them off the park. You know, New South Wales had all these, you know, rock stars playing for them and they were meant to win. But what was it like in that build-up to that game? Because I understand you only had a couple of days and, that dressing room before you ran out there, um, you know, playing with the likes of Arthur Beaton and the King, um, what was it like in that dressing room before you ran out to play that game? Oh, mate, there was certainly an expectation. There's no doubt about that. I I can remember it quite vividly. We we actually played two interstate games in 1980 and we'd got dusted up both games and I'd played the year before. So you know, I played for Queensland and once again we... We just couldn't compete at that level against New South Wales. And Matty, they had a great team. Your dad was in the team. Yep. You know, your father, Steve, he was, he was one of the best players that have ever played our game. And, um, you know, it was a, a tough task, Master. But he had uh, someone who wasn't too bad beside him, the Mick Cronin. Yep. So, you know, looking at it from a young centre's point of view, I'm looking at two of my absolute heroes and um, thinking, you know, wow, how, how hard is this going to be? So for 1980, they'd also just picked the Australians. Well, they just completed a New Zealand tour. So myself and Rowan Hancock were the only two resident Queensland players that made that 28-man squad to go to New Zealand. So, you know, there was a lot of stuff happening around us. A lot of stuff had happened that year. And, um, you know, Queensland were were treated, you know, fairly poorly by the uh, Southern press. And uh, we weren't taken seriously. We weren't rated. Uh, we weren't ranked, and um, you know that sort of didn't sit well with me. And I felt that I'd just come back from that uh, tour over in New Zealand with the Australian team, and um, once again, you know, we sort of got treated, you know, a little bit second rate, not by everybody, but a few people that, you know, that um, will, will remain nameless. You know, really didn't, uh, you know, make us feel like we we're part of the group, uh, particularly Rowan. And you know, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget the way and. You know, they, they were sort of almost, um, you know, like sort of down down on him a bit until he played his first game and he smashed a few of the Kiwi guys up. You know, ran, ran 70 metres, scored a try. 
hit, he had two tackles in a row. Both tackles, they carted the bloke off. So, you know, they, they just didn't they rate our performances. And we come back to that third game and Arthur was the captain. And I had the enormous privilege of being, uh, get, being able to get dressed beside him in the old Lang Park dressing sheds. They were, you know, unique in, in, the, in the building. And, um, you know, it was one of those nights where the expectation was huge. We, we had all these players back, uh, you know, the likes of Rod Reddy and, and Arthur and Johnny Lang and uh, Kerry Bostead, you know, and the list was just enormous. And we had all these good players coming back into our team um, at the time. And, you know, Arthur was a great leader. Uh, he, he had uh, he'd sort of set us up during the week at training and he'd made a, you know, laid a fairly strong platform. And I just haven't got enough time to tell you everything. But at the end of the day, mate, um, I knew it was serious because I threw my, my, my bag onto the bench and Arthur came in just behind me and he, dropped his bag down beside mine and um, I was just in awe of him. He was such a big man for a start. But he just started his methodical, uh, you know, preparation for the game and he had all these things that he did to, to get himself ready. And, uh, you know, he, he just, he stood there and um, and I'm just watching every move he made and he dipped his fingers into a big jar of Vaseline and shoved the big water Vaseline up each nostril I don't know what that was for, but it, it looked good anyway. It was hanging all <laughs> off him and carrying on. And then he uh, he picked up a an old stocking, a lady's stocking full of resin, which was something that they used back in those days. And they used to, you know, put it on their jersey and down their forearms to give them some grip. And he stood there, you know, in front of me, and he, he belted his chest with this resin bag. And as the dust just went up around him and he... I just was watching and he, he put the bag down, he reached in, he got out a bit of boot polish or whatever and he put it across his cheeks, just under his eyes, just as a as a thing that they used to do back then to, to take the glare of the lights away from you, from you when you were playing. Yeah. And I'm sitting there looking at him and I said, this isn't a game of football, this is war. He's preparing for battle. I yeah. tell you now, if he had said to me, Chop, Get this knife here, stick it in your sock, take it out there and stab one of them blokes. I'd have been the first one to do it. I'll give you the tip. I was just in total awe. And he said, you're right. And we all got up and followed him out and what a night it was. Yeah, well, mate, the, the passion that Queensland played that night, it was evident. Um, no more evident than when you backhanded Eric Growth. What was he? Uh, oh, and I was in 81, but what, what, were you do, what was yeah. he doing for you to have to backhand him <laughs> was it? Was he just he holding on? Was he, he was just there. He wouldn't let go, mate. You know, mate you, he, ask Eric; he'll tell you. Yeah. He knows. He, he, you know, he, he, what a magnificent uh, passage of rugby league it was. Like Colin Scott made the best break you've ever seen in your life, and went within a meter of scoring a try. You know, sixty meters. Mm. And the only play, bloke on the field who would have been capable of catching him from that distance was Eric Grote. Mm. And he mowed him down with one of the most magnificent tackles you've ever seen in your life, uh, right on the goal line. And uh, I, I was the first person there at dummy half, and I knew there were, you know, there was very few of the New South Welshmen back there, and I knew that if we, uh, if we could get up and play the ball, I was going to score. Mm. They, they weren't going to stop me from there. Anyway, he, he was hanging on, and I said, let him go, and I grabbed him by the hair and pulled his head back. And if you watch the footage, you'll see all this. And his head snapped straight back into where he had it. So the second time I pulled his head back, I didn't give him, give him a chance to, to go back down. I backhanded him and, and hit him just on the top of the nose. 
and I could. He just went limp. He just went limp, and I pushed him off. And Scotty got up and played the ball, and uh, I picked it up. And I remember I looked up, and and guess who was Marcus? Matty. Steve Rogers was. I've watched it many Steve times. Steve Rogers. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I went. You know, one of the very few times in my life went straight over the top of him and. Terry Fay, who was another joint, um, unbelievable player, was standing just off the off the ruck, and um, you know I put the ball down, and nobody said a word. They did well, come down and really try. Well, mate, so, you'd, be, you'd be getting time well, in the bin after, <laughs> mate. You'd be getting more than time in the bin these, in this day and age. But I, I'll tell you, oh, you probably would. A funny you story, would, but you know I'd do it again. Yeah, I'd do it again, mate. You know, and just to top that story off, I remember we played a Legends game a few years, you know, a long time ago, and. I was sitting having a beer with the old man and he, he recounted the story from his side. Yeah. And he said, I ran in the marker. He said, as soon as I ran in there, I knew it was the silliest thing I'd ever done in my life. <laughs> he, said, I, he said, I looked at you. He said, your eyes were rolling around in your head like a, a pinball machine. <laughs> and he said, there was steam coming out your ears. And I said to myself, hang on, here he comes. And uh, that's his recount. Wow, mate. He just went straight over the top of me. Yeah. He, he reckoned the only way he would have stopped you yeah. is to pull what was in his pants out and throw it at you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, Chop, when Arthur as a coach, because he took over, didn't he, a year later, 1981 as coach. So from player yeah, to coach. Did, yeah. Was there a glaring difference? Oh, no. He, he's probably one of the, the smartest and uh, most astute rugby league players that I've ever had a conversation with. And um, he knew the game so well. He had he had great understanding of, of, you know, what needed to be done. And he had a great way of bringing that out with the blokes, you know. And he was such a, a great mentor. But he just made you feel like you were the you know best in the world every time he spoke to you. And, um, you know, he, he was a, a remarkable coach in that respect. And, uh, he, you know, he, he helped me so much. He, I, I think he helped all of us. And if we, if we look back in that moment, you know, I think eight of us were, were 21 or younger. So he had to do that. He had to be there and, and guide us in that space. And if, if you look at the early origin years, you know, even when he was in coach with uh, John McDonald the first year and then Arthur from then on right through till you know, my career ended, you know, we had the we had a massive winning percentage at that stage. So I think I only played nine Origin games and won six. You know, so we we were going pretty well. And Arthur was the coach. Yeah, mate. What's um? I just wanted to ask you. You know, you've you've been around the game. You, you've you've managed. You you were my first Queensland manager, which was you know a huge honour for me to be sitting in front of you in the team meetings. But you know, the game today. What's your take on it, Chop? I mean, obviously times change, games change, things evolve. <coughs> Where do you see the game today? Oh, look, I, you know, it's, it's, I, I love the game still. I, I, I hate the way they mess with it. But that's just me. That's just my opinion, you know. And I, I suppose I've got the hindsight of seeing how it was back then and being part of the way it was played back then. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't see a lot wrong with it, but I do now. I, I do see a lot wrong with how that was played back then. And, and I've got um, three grandsons, uh, three grandchildren, one grandson and, yeah. and two granddaughters that, uh, you know, have taken up the game this year. And I don't want to see them in that space that I was in. I don't want to see them getting belted in the head and taken advantage of and, you know, risking their their, their uh, well-being to play a game of rugby league. So as far as that goes, you know, I'd be the first one in a, a stink if I needed to be at, at the you know, game of footy. But I don't want them to, to put up with that or have to go through that. Yeah, and um, I think that we've done a great job on that space, you know, in, in changing our game in, in that regard. Uh, it's annoying that 
we have the you know the swinging handbags at, at two paces these days. There's no real uh, aggression or anger. It's all just hot wind, you know. They all get there pushing, putting yeah. their chins up and pump open their chest out. That's a bit embarrassing for the game. But um, I think uh, you know I look at the uh, the the uh, ability or, or the advancement in in the athleticism of the players, the training methods. You know, if I was playing now, I'd be fit at 112 kilos and mm, be yeah. a different game for me. Yeah. And, you know, I watch that and I watch the effort they put into that and, and I can understand how many injuries are caused by the fact that they're just, you know, they're at their peak maximum performance build. Yeah. And uh, it shows the way they play, the, the things they do in the corners, the wingers with the ball and the athleticism and strength that that requires to do that. Yeah. I think the game has come a long way, mate. I just feel that there's some things that we could take out of the game that, that probably don't make it as fair as what it could be. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, really well put. I think you got a lot of supporters there, Chop. Now, before we let you go, of course, you think Queensland's going to win. And when Queensland win, in your eyes, who's the man of the match after Wednesday night's clash? Oh, look, I think if, uh, if we're going to win, um, it's got to be Cameron Munster or Benny Hunt. Uh, if they aren't man of the match, one of those two players aren't man of the match, then I, I think it's going to be a tough night for us. Mm. Um, and Cameron Munster's the key. Uh, Cameron, you know, he I think he's been really hot and cold in the last few years. Mm. Um, but um, I think, you know, this year he, he really needs to stand up and take control of that. And, and I know Benny Hunt will. Benny Hunt has just developed into probably one of the most reliable and, and you know, fantastic players of the modern game. And I just love how he does everything at 100% max. And, you know, Queensland needs that. If we're going to beat New South Wales, we've got to have 17 players playing like Benny Hunt does. Mm. Yeah, now, off topic, I'm just throwing this in. Last couple of weeks we've been talking about state of larrikins, Chop. Players who do their best work off the field, the great characters of the game. So in origin over the years, who'd go into your team? If you had to nominate a player for the state of larrikins team, who would it be? Uh, no doubt. There's, he still holds the mantle. I mean, as a, as a trainer, healthy. Yeah. He's not the greatest larrikin, annoying test <laughs> that I've ever had to manage in my life, then I don't know who is. And, uh, and he was consistent. But not only that, he was intelligent, you know, and, and him and Kevin Walters were the two best. You know, they, it didn't matter. Gordon, Wendell, Lipke, they had nothing on them. Yeah. They try and you know run the the bus, and they just get shot down with one word, and uh, you know they they were just um, ultimate ultimate uh, larrikins, and um, they were they were you know fantastic players as well. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, Chop, awesome. we can sit here and talk to you about Origin all, all night. Love your passion. Mm. You're a tremendous rugby league man, and it's always great to talk to you. And thanks for joining us on Sports Day, mate. Yeah, and mate, I, if I can, I didn't get a chance to do this publicly before, but. Um, I'd just like to pay my respect to your dad, uh, both of your fathers, you know, two incredible players in our game. And, you know, from a father's point of view, sitting there looking down from where they would be, uh, they couldn't be more proud of you two, to you, you two young fellows, mate. So well done to all of you. Oh, it's oh, nice one. Thank you very appreciate much, Chuck. It, we really appreciate it, mate. See you, boys. More Off The Bench NRL soon. Subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a moment. Search Off The Bench NRL on iTunes or Spotify. Can't wait for your cancer? You don't have to. In stock now. See your Fuso dealer today.
time for a racing update for Racing Queensland. Queensland is your place to race this year. Certainly is. I had the pleasure of being at uh, the Derby Day last Eagle Saturday Farm. at Eagle Farm. Had a wonderful day. Thank you to the good folks at Ladbrokes. Did I... you make an ass of yourself? No. No, no, no. no mate. I was very well behaved. because I was the this... buffet? It, it was very – it wasn't just a buffet. It was just grazing all day. Yeah. I walked in. There was Moe and Johnny Black, and I was on painkillers. So I had to go really easy, Sats. Yep. I went very easy, but I enjoyed it. I got close to the horsies. I, I, no, I was well behaved. Chris Nelson, I asked Chris to join me because you couldn't, Sats. You were in <laughs> Sydney. Mm-hmm. Rat Rogers was doing something. And I, I said to Nelson, do you want to want to come along? He goes, no, I can't because I've had a face operation. Mm. So he's had, um, he's, uh, what I've heard is he's had the David Hasselhoff face uh, transferred yeah. onto his noggin set. So, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. Which is, is an improvement. How's that gone, mate? Well, anything going to be an improvement, as you know, Jase. So uh, I was quite happy with uh, the Hoff's face. But no, uh, thank you very much for the invite. But no, I had, uh, I had some sunspots. So I put some cream on and they came up in a big blister. They're still a bit there now, but I look like a supreme pizza. But I'm looking a bit better than I did last week. How, how is sure. it looking like a supreme pizza? What is? I've never had. A well, sun, the, what? All the dark bits and light bits oh, and right, 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 the past. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to explain. No, that. none of that. I think it's, like that. I think still, still think it's an improvement on the usual one. Now, listen, the Oaks. <laughs> You're probably right. There's been a big scratching. Yes, the favourite Fireburn came out of the Oaks uh, earlier today. Uh, the stewards, the Curic stewards. Uh, decided that uh, Fireburn's action was a little off, but trainer Gary Portelli, he says that's the way she normally walks. She's got that sort of uh, odd gait, maybe a bit like yourself, Jace. But um, he uh, <laughs> you know was very, why very I walk disappointed. like that, mate. You know why I walk. Like that. <laughs> he was very disappointed, but uh, as he said, I'm a rules man. I'll go by the rules, and the rules say she's scratched, and that's the way it goes. So yeah, big news with her coming out of the Oaks now, which throws the market into a little bit of confusion and disarray. So who, who's the favourite then, Elsa? Favourite would now be Affair du Souvre. Oh, I knew you'd ask me that because I can't <laughs> pronounce the name properly. Affair du Souvre, we'll call it, but right. I'm going to work on that over the next 24 hours. Before Sats... Uh, that's... Okay, you better do that. Before Sats asks you a question, one quick one, and I've been thinking about this all week. Yep. Oaks Day is Ladies' Day. What, what is the connection between Oaks... And ladies say, because the same thing happens at the Melbourne Spring Festival. Uh, On the r- Thursday, isn't yeah, it? Why, yeah. Why, why is Oaks associated with Ladies' Day? Do you know why? No idea. But okay, it's a good thanks. question. Yeah. Every, I mean, every state in Australia and every meeting is, every, everything Tom Oaks has mentioned, it's Ladies' Day. So you got a good point there. But Maybe you know one of I'll our do? listeners will know. I'll do some homework by next Please. year. Well, I'll do some Thank homework you. by next You've got a bit Monday of if I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> What's yeah, happening this weekend, Nelson? Where are we racing? Uh, well, we've got the Oaks and we've got the Morton Cup at Eagle Farm Sats. We've also got meetings all over the shop as we normally do. Aquas Gold Coast on the Poly Track. Uh, Ladbrokes Cannon Park, which is Cairns with a new name. Uh, Toowoomba in the Twilight Zone. And we don't race at the Sunshine Coast on Sunday. We race at Kilcoy for the Kilcoy Cup. So those steak sandwiches will get one hell of a, oh. a beating down there. People will be lining up to eat the steak sandwiches at Kilcoy. Very famous. Don't you uh, stand anywhere near the food tents, mate. You'll put people off with your face. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, it should be okay by then. Nelson, line me up. Nice what smooth, am I putting my money on? You are putting your money on race seven, number four, Quantico, who should have won its scone last start, Sats. Is this at Eagle unlucky. Farm? I think this is Eagle Farm. Yep. 
Uh, race nine, number 18, written in code each way. He's only had the two starts. Looks very, very promising. So race seven, number four, the win. And race nine, number 18, each way. I would have given your fire burners a good thing, but I can't do that now, so, unfortunately. Uh, of course, you know I'm going to ask you this one. Uh, what boom horses yes. are racing on Saturday? Uh, Prince of Boom. Prince of Boom goes oh, around favorite. in the yeah he goes around in race number seven against Quantico, which is the Morton Cup. So race seven, number two for you, Jace. And not to be outdone, Golden Boom goes around in the last. Just how good was Golden Boom last time? Easy. Very good. Very yeah, good. Yeah. And Tony Gollan suggests that the horse has improved plenty since then. So there you go. There you go. I don't remember. Don't take my tips for granted. Although last year, mate. Can I just last week? Sorry, can I just say your your tips were shocking. They you had a, you didn't have a good uh, what did Saturday. I give you last week. Yeah, you get well. You gave me I all had, the crap um, ones. <laughs> I did have a few winners, but I don't think I gave you those. Well, why but wouldn't you give me those? I well, can't give you all of them. <laughs> here, here are the crap ones. I'll give these to Jace, and I'll keep the good ones for myself. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Work. I give the good ones to Sats. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, Queensland is racing. The action <laughs> continues this week across the Sunshine State. Oh, look, I tell you, the carnival has been absolutely amazing. A few weeks to go yet, yep. too. So if you can get out to a track, take the family. The, there was 9,000 at Eagle Farm last Saturday. And I tell you what, the oh, well, demographics a... are a lot younger than me. Oh, the weather. But the weather has just been... Yeah, it was good. It's been awesome. The weather makes it, yeah. Yeah, yeah the weather's been making it. Look, we might scrape through with another half-decent day on Saturday, um, but the weather's made it. I mean, you don't have to worry about what you wear. You just get out there in the beautiful sunshine. It's not cold. It's not hot. It's just no. ideal. So we've still got Australia next week. Then we go to Ipswich for the Ipswich Cup. I know that's one of your favourites, Jase. You want like to get out there for that meeting. It is. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. My favourite thing is fashions on the field. Uh, they really go to a lot of trouble. And Ippy, what are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Thanks, Nelson. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend.